The news that King Charles was being sent from Windsor for trial in Westminster was fresh, exhilarating to those who believed he must be held to account for the recent rich bloodshed in his three kingdoms, deeply troubling to others who had either fought for his defeated cause or who retained instinctive deference for God's anointed representative in spite of his hand in the years of discord. So when Mr. Proctor, making the opposite journey from London towards Windsor, had almost reached the crossing of the Thames at Brentford, scene of a royalist victory six years earlier, he quickly realized that the brisk rhythm of approaching cavalry was the king's escort speeding the illustrious prisoner to the capital. It was a force powerful enough to see off a rescue attempt, numerous enough to make escape impossible. The cavalrymen of the new model army, buff-coated, each armed with a pair of pistols and a sword, girded by chest armor and topped off with a lobster-tail helmet, began to pass him in disciplined formation. At the core of the column, Proctor saw two men, who he would clearly remember under oath a decade later. Riding alone amongst the ranks of troopers was a tall, thin figure who Proctor recognized as the charismatic firebrand preacher Hugh Peters. Dynamic and lively, Peters triumphantly led his captive prize towards his interpretation of justice. Immediately behind Peters, sitting quite alone in a six-horse royal carriage, was the slight king, a reluctant passenger on a winter road, the anguish in his heart triggered by the peril of his destination. Proctor instinctively removed his hat, his eyes briefly locking with those of the king, who returned the courtesy shown him by his subject. Furious at this fawning, the soldiers nearest Proctor set their mounts at him, casting this eyewitness to history and his horse from the roadside down into a ditch, where, he recalled, I stayed till they passed by, and was glad I escaped so. Charles's former progresses between London and Windsor had denoted a shuffling from one bastion of monarchical power to another. What Proctor had chanced upon was quite different. The taking of a king of England from a sprawling prison to a focused place of judgment. There, his life would be in play, in a forum where, for the first time in his quarter-century reign, he would be shorn of all power, and at the mercy of a body that absolutely denied the fundamental belief that was at the centre of his kingly philosophy, that he was answerable only to God.'